Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me on location here in Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who released a self-titled album last November. He has opened for major acts such as Charlie Daniels, Cowboy Troy, Sister Hazel, and Confederate Railroad, among others. Last year, he secured representation with the same agency that has Garth Brooks and Jason Aldean as clients. Among other live shows, he has played events for the Atlanta Braves and for NASCAR at the Bristol Motor Speedway. Two years ago, he signed with Banner Music as a staff songwriter. We've been hearing a song of his entitled Honky Tonk Race, my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Shelby Lee Lowe. Thanks for having me, Bruce. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about Honky Tonk Race. Honky Tonk Race, uh, you heard it just now. It's a, it's a fun honky tonk song, obviously, and uh, kind of just a song about the kind of music that I grew up listening to and I enjoy. It's uh, almost a dying breed a little bit, the Honky Tonk Race, and um, that was an idea thrown out with a uh, co-writer friend of mine, Alex Dooley, and we wrote that song. Uh, me, Alex Dooley, a uh, very, very talented songwriter named Jerry Sally, and the co-owner and uh, of my publishing company and my producer, Daniel Kleinditz. So we had a big, big ride that night. We had a good time. There might have been a few beers had, <laughs> and uh, we just wrote a honky-tonk song about the kind of places I started playing at, the kind of... Uh, you know, the kind of the hole in the wall joints that I that I still love to play at. The uh, the kind of the kind of places that, that are just littered on the end of Broadway here, right? <laughs> yeah, those kind of places except like in the middle of nowhere oh. out in the country. Yeah. Uh, where specifically? Uh, meaning Tennessee or, or whereabouts? I played in honky tonks in Tennessee, Alabama, Missouri. Uh, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, wow. all over this country, and uh, they are, they're all pretty wild, most of them are. Okay, this wasn't on my list of questions, but now that you're going there, how did you find places like that? Because some of those are, are I'm sorry, and listeners, I appreciate you listening from wherever you are around the country and around the world, but I don't think of, of the Wyomings and the Dakotas and places like that as, as places to go to honky tonk and hear some great live music. Well, you'd be surprised. Uh, you know, the, the general population there is not very big, but most of them are country music fans. And one of the biggest country festivals out there is uh, Frontier Days in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I didn't play that, but I played around that festival. Uh, a couple years ago, I did a six-week tour in, started out in Missouri, went to Cheyenne, Cheyenne, Wyoming, went to Casper, Wyoming, Sheridan, Wyoming, Deadwood, South Dakota, and uh, played two weeks in North Dakota. And we played six nights a week. Uh, for six, six weeks straight. Wow! Oh my god! Four hours a night. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, and it was a I set up a tour like that. I had help with a, uh, a booking agent, 
and uh, played some pretty cool places. Met some, some pretty cool, interesting. I will say this: I met a lot of interesting people out there. <laughs> so I'm I'm picturing then getting back to the the co-write on that song. I'm picturing you literally sitting there and maybe closing your eyes, but drawing upon that experience of all the time that, that you spent out there. Oh yeah, that was that was a uh, experience that'll stick with me for a lifetime. Um, just a lot of uh, a lot of wild folks drinking beer, listening to country songs, and trying to win over a crowd that. You know, had never heard of me before with uh, with country music. Was that uh, fun? Was it challenging? Was it a little bit of both? Talking, you know, when trying to win over a crowd that didn't know who you were. Well, I tell you what, that was probably one of the most challenging tour summers of my life. That was a that was a crazy one. Uh, well, first before the tour even started, my uh, drummer of three years. I uh, had a massive heart attack and passed away at the age of 48. Oh so that was two weeks before that tour started. Whoa. Uh, so I had I had to think about what I would do. And, the uh, hairs are standing, show, I'm yeah. showing them listeners, you can't see it, the hairs are standing up on my arm. This is this is a crazy story. It should be a movie one day. Like In the middle of the tour, I'm like, this should be a movie one day. I don't know. So if there's any movie makers out there listening, this is a true story for you. But, uh, you know, I thought of what, what will I do, you know, what would he want me to do? Well, i got to find a drummer and do the tour. So I had auditions. Uh, my drummer, who is still with me today, Brian Betts, he had two weeks to learn 80-something songs, oh boy, oh boy. and uh, his first gig with us was in a, was in a club in Missouri with uh, 20 people that just hated us. And uh, it's gone downhill ever since. We're being honest. But it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Oh my God. Great experience. Tour bus broke down. I got endless stories about it, but uh, we, we came out of it uh, a stronger band. See, that's even, that's even better than I was expecting here because what I was going to say is when you're doing a live performance, you're so in that moment, and all you're really thinking about is giving a good show for that crowd, yet I'm still focused on Honky Tonk Race and the fact that you were able to pull from that. Like, who would know that being on stage, this might actually be the inspiration for a song down the road, and now here, here you are saying, no, oh, the heck with that. It's yeah. <laughs> the whole tour and everything that went with it. Yeah, every show I've ever done was an influence on that song, pretty much. Wow, wow, that's... This is, a, this is great, a great unexpected start. <laughs> um, just like Bryce Hitchcock, who was last week's NHTE episode, Shelby, you too performed on the Reverb stage here at the NAMM show. Tell us about your experience out, out there and, and what's a really nice outdoor stage. I had a great time. I'm still, I'm still sweating from it. It is hot outside right there. And uh, I move around a little bit, so I'm going to sweat regardless. But I had great sounds. Uh, a lot of great folks watching us, and uh, got all my buddies playing with me, and uh, my friend that doesn't normally get to play with me, Aaron, play some keyboards, and uh, it's a good full, full sounding band, and we had a great time. So, you know, I spend way too much time talking about, you never know who's going to be in the audience at one of your shows, but... I'm going to, for the first time, contradict myself and say that, here's where I'm trying to go with this question, is being out there, because it's outdoors, is it a case of, look, there's nobody walking down the sidewalk that might just hear me and, and be something, maybe if they do it's because they're here for NAM. or do you actually stand out there and perform on that stage and say, you know what, someone might be walking down the street right now and hear me, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. 
Well, I like to think anytime I'm holding a guitar and singing at all, I'm, I, I, I need to be doing it thinking that I need to be trying to impress folks and trying to make fans. And you never know. There's a lot of influential people here at NAMM. Um, anytime I'm on stage, I'm trying to put on just a just as good of a show as I can. If people like me, you know, I'm all for it. So that's that's why I do it. I, I want I want to make as many fans as I can. And you know, there's no telling. Well, I uh, I wasn't planning on asking you this, but I kind of feel like I'm I'm required by law to say, um, were you just here to, to play, or will you go into the show and, and spend some time at, at Nam visiting the vendors, uh, or, or is it just kind of I'm here to perform and talk to you, Bruce, and then I'm gone? Well, of course I'm here to talk to you, Bruce. <laughs> but uh, other than that, you know, I, I played this morning at the Kaiser booth for Kaiser Capos, okay. and. Um, they I've got a good relationship with those folks, and they put me up some stuff. And uh, I have gone around and uh, introduced myself to some other companies, and I'm always always got my antennas up for opportunities. And I believe uh, I believe I can help some companies, and they can obviously help me out too. Is there the is there the curiosity factor too, though, where you just walk around as a musician and say, I'm just interested to see what's out there? Absolutely. There's some some crazy new products out there that are mind blowing. And uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to explain now. It's it's a wild wild event. A lot of cool stuff happening. Yeah. Speaking of stages, you say that on your bucket list of venues and festivals are the Ryman, which obviously is right here in Nashville, and the Red Rocks Amphitheater out west. Yes. Have you been a spectator at, at both of those places? Should I assume? I have been to a uh, I've been to a couple of shows at the Ryman. I recently saw the band the Mavericks play at the Ryman. Uh, Technically, I have played the Ryman. I got a check from the Ryman, but it was uh, Lulu's Cafe, which is the little acoustic cafe next door. But um, so far, that's my only experience performing at the Ryman. But that is obviously a big bucket list gig for me. I mean, anybody in country music or Nashville knows the Ryman's Mother Church there. Yeah, you've arrived when you've played there. Yes. What, what about Red Rocks? That's just, uh, I, I've never I've never been there, but I've seen it on television. I've seen concerts there. It's just like the most beautiful and how, place you can see. And how, yeah, how, how, could, how could an artist not have that right. on, their, on their list of, of must-play venues? You have played at some pretty cool events already, though. I mentioned in the intro having played for the Atlanta Braves, there are actually two tied into NASCAR. You've done CMA Fest, you even did something with Harley Davidson. Uh, what are maybe some takeaways from all those? Some highlights, but, but maybe also some, any good leads that came out of that? Were there any helpful lessons from some of those cool things that I just mentioned? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, performing for NASCAR, you know, um, I, I used to be a big NASCAR fan when I was a young kid, and I kind of got out of it, but um, people that watch NASCAR typically are going to love country music and have a good time, and those are the kind of people I want to get in front of, and uh, same goes for Harley-Davidson, and uh, my dad rides Harleys, I've, I, I don't ride Harleys, but uh, I like to play the kind of music that they like to hear, so that makes them friends of mine. Any... any highlights from there that, that stick out good memories for you or, or was there did you did you generate any new leads from, from performing in any of those that led to something else yeah uh, absolutely um, playing at Bristol Motor Speedway um, at the campgrounds there that was a that was a really really cool experience and I met 
I met some other artists there that have uh, been friends of mine ever since. And, uh, you know, in the, the music industry, you can't have too many friends. And, you know, try to do shows with them and hook them up. And they try to hook me up. And, um, it's all a big community. So I made some friends. I'm interested to hear this answer because, you know, I was more expecting you to say, uh, bookings at future NASCAR events or maybe sponsors that came along or people that you were introduced to but shame on me that, that I didn't consider that other people that were playing around you before you or after you that, that those become connections for you as well. Oh yeah. Especially if they're not based here in Nashville, they're people that you probably otherwise would have never met. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and was that the case with some of these that you're talking about that, that you formed good relationships with, that they weren't, they're not even from here? Yeah, well, um, well I, when I played Bristol, uh, there was uh, Benton Blunt performed there, and of course he, uh, his claim of fame was uh, America's Got Talent, and he did great on it. So I think he is based in Nashville, but I, I got to meet him there, and he's a very nice guy. And a fellow by the name of Lance Stinson, who's based out of Georgia, um, got to meet him there, and you know we have worked on trying to play some shows together, and maybe that'll happen in the future. Just some good, good folks. So let me ask your advice for anybody who's listening to this that is themselves a performer. At, at events like that, people they meet one another and they say, "We should get together. We should do something." To me, that's like kind of the company line. It's kind of a figure of speech. So what is your advice to those listeners who are performers themselves? If someone's saying that, like, hey, we should get together, we should we should yeah. do something, because, and I'm asking you that from two perspectives, because one perspective is the unfortunate person who's really young that gets themselves really excited and says, wow, this person wants to do something with me, when it might just be the company line. But the other side of it is, you never know yeah. what might come of that, and maybe you should follow up with yeah. everybody you meet. Absolutely. If somebody gives me the company line and uh, there's somebody I need to know or can help me out, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow through. And, you know, if they didn't mean it, they're gonna wish they never said it because I'm gonna hit them <laughs> up, and, you know, for co-write or whatever it may be. Uh, you know, and I think just being friendly to folks and uh, networking and being genuine um, helps out with that. And I try my best at it. Uh, I try to be a, a good network person and. Uh, you know, even somebody that's new to town that is new to songwriting, I try to try to help them out. If somebody has hit songs and you know, missions writing with me, you know, I'm going to go for it and try to try to write with them. Is it safe to assume that, and I'm just talking about you personally, that on the on the flip side, that if you say it to somebody, if you say, "Hey, we should do something sometime. We should write. We should this. We should that." That you're obviously serious because if you if you maybe aren't really that impressed or you just don't really connect with that person and it just doesn't feel the vibe isn't there, then, then you just don't say anything other than, "Hey, it was nice to meet you. Am I right?" Yeah, somewhere along those lines. But uh, I try to keep in mind, you know, I never know who I'm talking to, and I never know who's going to be, you know. Maybe not that impressive right now, but the next big thing in, in five, six years, you know. Yeah. So I, I try to keep that in mind. Um, by the way, listeners, here's something kind of cool, a little NHTE trivia, if you will, since we're talking about all these, all these events that Shelby has played at. On the 4th of July, Shelby and Zach Sebaugh both performed at the Northwest Georgia Regional Fair. Zach Sebaugh, of course, was the guest on episode 148 of this very show. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me on location today here at the Summer NAM Show in Nashville 
is singer, songwriter, guitar player Shelby Lee Lowe. You can find him online at shelbyleelowe.com. You can get the proper spelling of his name by looking at the title of this episode on your listening device so that you can check out his official website. Again, it's shelbyleelowe.com. He is, of course, on social media. You will find Shelby on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. As far as his music, it is streaming on Spotify and Pandora, and the listeners can purchase your music out. They can they can purchase my music on iTunes, Amazon, um, pretty much all the internet all the ways. Usual suspects. Useful, usual the, suspects. The online music retailers. They can and order a uh, physical copy off of my website if they're awesome. old school, like CDs. And uh, listeners, of course, as you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, if you're going to go buy Shelby's music off of Amazon or anything at all off of Amazon. I'd appreciate it if you would go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there first. They will kick back a few pennies to me. If you want to contribute directly to this show, there's a Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash nhte, or you can just go to nhte.net, and there is a button there to click on to go to the Patreon page. There's some nice rewards, some nice thank you gifts for your donations. There's also a button at nhte.net to join our Facebook group so you can talk with other listeners. If you want to write into the show, even just to say hello, let me know what part of the world you're listening from. The email address is podcast at nhte.net. And remember that we have an e-newsletter you can sign up for at nhte.net. And there are also icons there that you can click on to go and listen to the show at iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, or TuneIn Radio. Please subscribe and tell a friend. And, of course, engage with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. There are links to all of those at nhte.net. Shelby, this is great to see you with my guests, uh, a few lately that we're getting to talk about sponsors, which is always a good thing. You have a couple of them, uh, if you want to go ahead and, and give shout-outs to the two of them, and I know one of them in particular was involved with helping to get to Texas. Yes, sir. Yeah, I had a, um, I had a uh, small company, uh, Limousine Service, uh, Upstart Limousine Service. They're uh, brand new in uh, Middle Tennessee that I, I met at an event. And uh, we struck up a, a friendship, and uh, Paradise Transportation actually uh, helped fund a, uh, a tour of mine to Texas. They, were, they uh, helped cut down on some of the cost on driving to San Antonio. San Antonio, excuse me, because we uh, were performing at San Antonio Rodeo this February. It was a it was a great time. We had a we spent a whole week in Texas and uh, made a lot of great friends. It's a beautiful state, best food I've ever ate in my life. And it, and it takes a lot of gas to get there. How long of a drive is that from Nashville? I want to say it took us 14, 15 Ooh, hours, somewhere around there. Wow, wow. It was a haul. Wow, that's a journey. Uh, and your other sponsor, um, you mentioned them earlier, but, but if you want to go ahead and formally tell the listeners. Yeah, I'm officially a uh, Kaiser artist, Kaiser Capos. I'm a, I've been a fan of theirs for a long time. I think everybody... In America, uses Kaiser Capos <laughs> that plays guitar, and um, they're made in America. They're made in Texas. Another reason I love that state. Uh, and I played at their booth this morning, and they've been a really, really good, friendly company. So I'm glad that they're uh, hooking me up. I got some, some Capos with my name on it, which comes in handy when I leave them at gigs, so they know who they belong to. Well, go ahead and tell the listeners about your album that came out at the end of last year. Yeah, that's my first full-length album, self-titled under Shelby Lilo, and it's 13 tracks. 
put one one cover song on there, and it's a Bill Withers tune, Use Me. And we kind of put a country twist on it. We played it earlier uh, today. It's got really uh, traditional country sound to it with uh, a little a little new newer spin, but I would say it's kind of fits in with a lot of what you would have heard in the early 2000s and, and 90s. Neo-traditional country music is what I, what I call it. Some some personal songs on there, some tongue-in-cheek fun ones. And um, it's, it's my first effort at an album, and I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Had a good time making it. Is it a 100% full Nashville project, meaning written, produced, recorded in Nashville? Yes, sir. All the all the songs on the album, other than the cover, were written in Nashville and uh, recorded the whole album in either Mainframe Studios or Omni Studios here in Nashville. And, uh, Daniel Kleindetz, the co-owner of uh, my potion company, management company, he uh, produced the album. And how difficult is it in a city like Nashville where there's just so, so, so many recording studios to find the one that's right for you? You know, that's a, um, uh, I think that's different for every artist here in town. Uh, my potion company, management company, they have connections with mainframe studios in Nashville. They're friends with the engineer there and the owner. So uh, it was a good fit. We've been doing demos with them for a while. So I think everybody has their own um, their own studio preference around here. And nowadays, there's a lot of people that um, can make demo tracks on their laptop with Pro Tools and different things, as well as a lot of studios. So it's, it's changed a lot in the last few years, but it's um, there's still no place like Nashville for it. And how? And how? I I don't know why this thought just popped into my head. Maybe it's because you're talking about the capos. Um, but just for the record, uh, what what are you playing these days, guitar-wise? I have a Blue Ridge guitar. Uh, which is a uh, with the Saga company, and I did speak to them earlier today. Let them know I was playing their guitar on on the stage, and uh, has a a nice tonal quality. They're they're very well made guitars, and uh, I get a lot of compliments on just how beautiful my guitar is. It's got a cool headstock, and um, a lot of bluegrass players use them, and uh, still not you know that's as well known as some guitars, but I like it that way. It's a cool underground guitar right now. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is remember that even when you are just out and about in your personal life, you are still representing your brand. Especially if you're a promoter like me and often wearing apparel that promotes what you do. For example, if you're on the road and down in the hotel lobby in the morning for breakfast and are acting out and or using bad language, all of a sudden the you never know who might be in the, in this case, hotel lobby crowd, school of thought comes into play. One or more of those very same people could end up in the audience at your show that night and instead of your music, they'll be talking about what they witnessed at the hotel. Put on the best face for your brand anywhere you are, anytime you're out. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful?
There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40, 41 to 80, and 81 to 120, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. Shelby, as a follow-up to having asked you about your album, I also want you to talk about your song Slow Dancing, because I know you've got a lot to say around that song. Fill the listeners in on that. Yeah, Slow Dancing is a funny song. It's, it's actually probably one of the first songs I ever wrote in Nashville with Richard Mitchell and Mike Brandon. On Music Row, it's my first time writing on Music Row, and I had a had an idea on my phone from uh, a girl I was dating in college, and I was helping her move into a uh, her new apartment. No television, no furniture, much, nothing to do. So I played "Memory" by Alan Jackson, and we slow danced, and it was kind of random, just being goofy. And in my head, I thought, "Wow." Slow dancing to Alan Jackson. That's a that's a song. So I put it in my phone, and I gave him that idea, and uh, we wrote slow dancing. And since then, uh, we've recorded it, and I've played it at a lot of shows. And actually, uh, there's a couple in northern Alabama who had the song lyrics tattooed on their bodies, which is which is pretty wild. But instead of putting "We Were Slow Dancing" to Alan Jackson, they put we were slow dancing to Shelby Lee Love. Wow. And uh, it's been a wedding song. Uh, that's really when I caught the, the writing bug. I felt, it just felt good to write that song. It's like, wow, I feel like this is something people will get into. And come to find out, people have gotten into it. And it's one of the more popular songs on Spotify. And uh, it's one of the first ones I ever wrote. So I, I, from then on, I was really addicted to, to songwriting and storytelling. How does that make you feel to know that somebody got not only song lyrics to one of your songs, but that they put your name as part of the tattoo? It's insane. It's crazy. Uh, and that's permanent. It's permanent. <laughs> and it's like, are you sure about this? And they're like, yeah, we know you're going to be, they said, we know you're going to be big time one day. And like, we'll have the tattoo to prove it. We're one of your first biggest fans and that's uh I don't know how many people can say that had people get their lyrics tattooed on their bodies like that it's uh incredibly humbling I think it's really cool so uh, help me understand the the period of time that we're talking about here in terms of the timeline when you wrote it and then when it really started to build steam and, and this momentum got to the point where because of what, what I'm what I'm really after here is you know, let's be honest, that has to really give you some validation to see this thing taken off the way it did. Am I, am I on to something here? Did, did you see? Because, I mean, it's not going to happen overnight right? Um, from, the, from the day it was recorded, but just kind of take me through that, that timeline. Yeah, well, I wrote that song in, I want to say, 2011 or 12, and I really, that's about the time I started learning how to play guitar. Oh. I, I was still pretty, I'm still pretty new to playing guitar. Wow. But um, 2012, we wrote it, and then I started playing it out. We recorded it, 
Okay. And uh, got it on a little CD before I, it wasn't a fully dialed, it was more of a, uh, an EP. Uh-huh. And uh, started playing in North Alabama, met this, this couple, and they, they fell in love with it. And uh, I want to I say a lot of other people were, were getting into it too, so that's definitely that's definitely one of the things that makes you think, wow, I must be doing something right. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. And so much so that, that you decided I need to put this on my first full album. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. I mentioned in the intro that last year you secured representation with the same folks that Garth Brooks and Jason Aldean uh, are, are on their client roster. How does that feel? How, and, and also, I guess, how did that come to be? You know, what, what do they do for you? Just, just fill us in on all that. Yeah, well, um, I'm with a, I have a, a booking agency, it's Buddy Lee Attractions, and um, as of right now, Buddy Lee Attractions has myself, I want to say Ty Herndon, and um, Jody Messina, Daryl Singletary, folks like that, but Buddy Lee used to be, um, they used to be the booking agency for Garth Brooks, and I want to say George Strait, and Jason Aldean, and say Florida Georgia Line and Willie Nelson so I mean Buddy Lee Attractions has been a a booking agency in town for at least 50 years or so I I don't know how long exactly but um, uh, a friend of mine who was was booking me hooked me up with Buddy Lee Attractions and uh, I've been with them ever since and they they helped secure uh, shows for me and again is that kind of another something you check off the list and say okay I'm doing something right if they're if they're willing to take me on because I imagine that there would be a long line of people wrapped around the block if just anybody could walk in there and say I need bookings every every musician needs right. bookings so was that something that you kind of told yourself okay keep on this path that you know for them to take me on is, is a good another another good sign yeah absolutely booking deal was another was another goal of mine now that I secured that, you know, just getting busier and expanding my fan base. And uh, it's a lot easier to book someone when they have a whole lot of fans all over the country. So I'm just trying to trying to make it easier on them by putting on good shows and trying to expand my fan base. And you guys are helping with that too, so I appreciate it. You bet. Uh, prior to them, were you booking yourself or was there, uh, in other words, did you go from booking yourself to maybe... Uh, a small to mid-size to, to now this one, or did you go right from booking yourself right into these folks? Well, I, early on in my career, I did a lot of booking myself, uh, playing a lot of bar, bar gigs and stuff like that. Uh, I've, I've gone through other booking agencies okay. to secure because tours Because, for instance, like you that. mentioned um, the whole Wyoming, Dakotas thing. Was that through someone else, or did you do that? That was through an independent book an agent okay. out of Wisconsin okay. and uh, help me secure that tour. Okay, wait a minute. Now I got, now I got to know that story. How does the, how does a guy down in Nashville get with a booking agency that's up in Wisconsin? Well, a guy that I became friends with who's an artist named Tyler Stevens from Kentucky. Um, he, he introduced me to that, that booking agent and uh, he tours out there quite a bit and uh, I told him I was interested in making some of that stuff happen and one thing led to another. Okay, if you're listening to this right now and you are yourself an aspiring performer, 
go back and start all over again and count how many times Shelby has said, a guy I know, a guy I met, a guy I played with, a guy I this, I guy, because it just reinforces what I say over and over, and listeners, now I'm glad that there's someone backing me up because you hear me say on so many episodes of this show that you can never have too many contacts and so listen how Shelby is leveraging all these relationships all these people that he's meeting that's that's fantastic absolutely I am Bruce Wozniak and joining me on location today here at the Summer NAMM show in Nashville is singer songwriter guitar player Shelby Lee Lowe Check out his official website. It's shelbyleelow.com. Like I told you earlier, if you need the proper spelling of his name, just look at the title of this episode on your listening device. That way you can visit shelbyleelow.com. Please do engage with him on social media. He is on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. I did all those myself just a little while ago. I always tell you, listeners, I don't ask you to do something I don't do myself. So I followed him on Facebook on Twitter, on Instagram. I want you to hit all those as well. Listen to his music. It's streaming on Spotify. You can also find it on Pandora. And of course, do purchase his music from iTunes and all of the various online retailers. Of course, Amazon, if you're going to go there, go through nhte.net. There's a big Amazon banner you can click on to get there. It will open the app if you're going there on your phone. Please consider supporting the show through a donation through our Patreon campaign. There are some nice thank you gifts available there for you at the different levels. Our Facebook group, you can talk about this show, talk with other listeners, talk with some musicians who are in there. If you want to write in for anything whatsoever, do it at podcast at nhte.net. Make sure you're signing up for our e-newsletter at nhte.net, and there's icons there for you to take this show on the go with you via iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, or TuneIn Radio. Do make sure that you subscribe and tell a friend, and of course, engage with us, too, on social media. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, there's links for all of those at nhte.net. Shelby, following up on that question about getting aligned with the booking agency, uh, what about Banner Music? You're, you're having signed with them as a staff writer. How did how did that come to be? Because obviously, that's another example of tremendous validation for a songwriter when a Nashville-based group like that takes you on board. How did, how did that come to be? Well, Banner Music is co-owned by Daniel Kleindienst and Kamala Kleindienst and they have a daughter named Kirsten uh, who's around my age and she actually is married to a guy I graduated high school with and I, I started playing with a band in college and uh, word got around about me and Kirsten told her parents about me so they had heard about me but I was still very new to songwriting and really new to singing and playing all together well um Somehow, some way, my my uncle was at a job fair thing in Lincoln County that Pamela was at, and told her about me. And she said, "Yeah, I know who he is. Give him my card." And I got the card, and I gave her a call, and started writing with their people, and I made an impression on them, and uh, instantly had a connection with with them as a company. And uh, they've I've known them since 2000. 11 or 12, and they've been more of a, a family to me as anything. And Daniel Finance really taught me most everything I know about songwriting, and uh, so it's been it's been really cool. You explain know. explain to the listeners who aren't familiar with what that means when you're a staff songwriter with a, with a group in Nashville. It, are there any uh, I'll say requirements on you, any minimums, or in other words, do they expect you to, to come into them holding up air quotes, listeners, 
uh, to come into the office and sit and write, or is it how, how, how does that all play out? Yeah, there is a what's called a minimum delivery requirement, and I want to say it's something like 18 songs, which is meaning, you know, if it's if it's a uh, you know if it's a two-way co-write, 50% of the song is mine. Three-way, I get a third. So all the all of my percentages have to equal 18 songs, which uh, I think but I did that, that over the course of a week, a month, a year. A year. Okay. Yeah. Which I think I, I wrote that a long time ago. <laughs> I spent a lot of time the past year just locking myself in a room with different people and, and you know, writing two or three songs a day. Uh, I've kind of cut back on that a little bit recently and kind of uh, just picking and choosing who and when I'm writing. And um, it's, it's been really good though. It's been a great experience. Writing songs for a living really has uh, helped me hone in on my craft. Cut back on that a little because there were other things that you needed to focus on. You were getting burned out. Uh, what, 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 why did you decide, I'm going to cut back a little yeah. bit on that? Well, I, I was spending, you know, going, going in the office at 10 o'clock in the morning and leaving at 10 o'clock at night or something and writing three wow. or four songs a day. Wow. And it, it, it did feel good, but, you know, I, I still have to, uh, I still have to focus a lot of time on my artistry and, and being an artist and just, just practicing the songs I do perform live and uh, taking care of myself, working out, trying to stay in shape. But I, don't get me wrong, I, I still have a hefty writing schedule. I'm booked out for the next couple months. But um, really just trying to have a purpose for the songs I write and write songs either myself or someone I know somebody big time might want to cut. Yeah, as soon as, soon as you said 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., I'm like, that's yeah. it. You could stop the answer right there. <laughs> I, would, I would cut back after a while, too. A schedule like that. This is cool, listeners. Check this out. Shelby, you've got a fan club called The Low Riders. I, I love when an artist does something with their fans. That's a cool play on words relative to their name. It's kind of like singer-songwriter Elena from right here in Nashville. She does with her fans. She calls them Elaniacs. Uh, listener uh, Elena has been on this show twice, episodes 46 and 62. Anyhow, Shelby, talk about The Low Riders. Well, funny you mentioned her. We have a co-ride schedule, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, with, with Elena and I, but um, the Lowriders, you know the, the the group that got the tattoo. I got I got a lot of really 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 tight fans, and we we, we decided on the Lowrider fan club around the time my album was released. And um, you know I, I'm not the most famous person in Nashville, but I do have a really good dedicated group of fans from all over. America and playing at CMA Fest the last two years has helped out with that a lot. But it just keeps growing. So any of you listeners out there want to be low riders, just jump on board, and uh, we'll take you in the fan club. And how do they how do they become an, a quote unquote official member of the low riders? Just go to your website. Just go to my website. You can join, sign up for the email, and um, of course you got to follow me on YouTube and Facebook, and Twitter, and Instagram. And come out to a show and just have have way too much fun at one of my shows. <laughs> uh, on a related note, I also want you to tell the listeners about the Tennessee to Texas fundraiser that you did. That's really cool. Yeah, well, 
I really wanted to play the uh, San Antonio Rodeo, but of course there's a lot of cost that goes into going to Texas. So we had a bright idea, my folks at Banner, of creating a custom tour shirt for the TNTX tour and uh, put all the tour dates on there with a cool design. And whoever bought that t-shirt got to be a part of a, uh, a secret message group on Facebook and got to see all kinds of crazy behind the scenes footage. And that was a lot of fun to do. And I feel like the people that bought the shirts got a lot out of it and uh, they got to see a side of me and my band that many people don't get to see. A lot of, a lot of goofiness and uh, a lot of trips to Whataburger and just, uh, you know, almost be a part of the band without having to smell, you know, my, my drummer. I do like that, though. That, that's really clever. It's a good way to, to leverage social media. We're going to close today with a song of yours entitled History. So before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. History is a, uh, a song that I wrote with a, a friend of mine, Alex Dooley, who's an awesome songwriter. I got the idea looking through a big trunk of old family photos, and I found, I found some old photos of my grandparents partying at a club called Big Jim's Club, probably in the uh, early 80s or late 70s, and it looked like they were having a real good time. And that's actually, it was cool for me because it's actually the first place I ever played a full band gig at a bar. Wow. And so everything kind of came full circle. They used to party there, I ended up playing there, and just kind of ran to my family. And uh, my grandparents, you know, they meant the world to me. Uh, my family, I've been really close to my family, so it's about, it's about you know, those kind of values and growing up in the South, a small town. Where is that place? That's Lewisburg, Tennessee, Marshall County, Cornersville. Uh, okay. It's about an hour south from here. And I'm nervous to ask this question, but uh, were your grand, are your grandparents around? Did they get to hear that song? No, they never got to hear that song. I think my, my grandmother passed away in uh, 2000. 11 or 12, I want to say, or uh, yeah, 2011, I want to say. Uh, she actually passed away a couple weeks before my first full band year. But, uh, but I did, you know, I got to tell her about, you know, playing, getting ready to play some music, and she was excited about it, so that, that's, that's cool for me to be able to do that. Had you already been, I'll say out, but had you already been playing solo shows or because you keep saying my first band gig or yeah. was it, no, the first time I played out it was with a band? You know, I had done some acoustic shows with a guitar player and I, early on I did a lot of singing to karaoke tracks and uh, doing competitions like that. So I had, I had sang in public but not very, not very much. Lo and behold, the big big breakout is, is with a full band. That's, yep. that's awesome. Good stuff. Well, Shelby, thanks ever so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Great to meet you and continued best wishes. Yes, sir, Bruce. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. A tremendous thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Shelby Lee Lowe. Do visit his official website. Once again, it's shelbyleelowe.com. As he said, make sure you sign up for his email newsletter list. Get with him on social media. That means like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter, follow him on Instagram, subscribe to his YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. Remember that you can hear his music streaming on Spotify and Pandora. Of course, do purchase his music. It's available from iTunes and all online music retailers. 
Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and repost episodes on there. And you can also follow on SoundCloud. Engage with the show too. Go to nhte.net and click on the icon to go join the Facebook group. You can also write in via the email address podcast at nhte.net. Get with us on the various social media platforms that you'll find links to at nhte.net, those being Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Please also consider supporting the show with a donation through Patreon. There's a button at nhte.net for that. Check out the t-shirts and hats at nhte.net as well. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song by Shelby Lee Lowe. This is the one he just talked about. It's called History. Saturday night They said they could see me up on that stage Hell yeah, that's the first place that I played Where I found my first love I won my first bar fight And I'm proud to say That I wouldn't have it any other way Cause we got history Running through the roots of my family tree It's the blood in my veins and a memory of a time that's come and gone All those yesterdays Planted those seeds and paved the way Made me the man that I am today Here's one thing I pass on Where I stand is 
where it all began. We've got history running through the roots of my family tree. It's the blood in my veins. 